Well, I wonder what your answer to that question would be. What is truth? I think because of the group that's gathered here today, most of us would say, well, truth is Jesus Christ. And to that answer, I would say you are absolutely correct. But I'd ask you a question that goes one step beyond that is, do you really believe what you really believe is really, really true? We say, of course I, of course I do. Well, we could do a number of different tests to find out if you really believe what you believe is really, really true. Jesus told us in no uncertain terms, do not worry. But how many of us just this week, maybe this morning, were filled with worry? Do you believe that Jesus is, in fact, the only way for someone to get into heaven, for someone to have their sins forgiven and have eternal life. How many people have you shared that truth with? You see, when we look at what we really, really, really believe, we look at our actions, not what we think we know, but how do we really behave? That's one of the reasons that uh, with politicians, the Washington Post came up with something they, they called the Truth Squad. And you've probably seen it before where they give out Pinocchios to those politicians who have really told some whoppers. Now, I know you've heard about that. In 2013, President Obama uh, got the, the number one, four Pinocchios for the number one whopper. And you can finish it for me. Uh, if you like your health care, you can... That, that one got number one. Now, the thing is about the Washington Post, though, and they're giving out of Pinocchios, is that other reports have said they give out their Pinocchios with a biased view. In fact, the Washington Post did not give any Pinocchios when Obama said, I never said anything about a red line in Syria. So who do we believe? If even the people who are giving out the Pinocchios can't be trusted... Who is there to believe? Where do we go for truth? Because we have a truth crisis. A truth crisis in our society. How do you know who to believe anymore? Truth, I am telling you, truth is rare today. If you are like me, you're disgusted with the lack of integrity that is in our world. Just a cursory glance at the news and you see email servers being destroyed. An IRS agency politically targeting groups. A Congress that makes promises they never intend to keep. And who can forget how long the story of Benghazi continued about it being about a video. But it's not only in the arena of politics... That we see the lies being told. But athletes like Lance Armstrong, who for years lied about performance-enhancing drugs. And who can forget Deflategate? But not only with sports heroes and, and politicians, but we've also seen recently in our news someone that is supposed to be a purveyor of the truth. An anchor by the name of Brian Williams was discovered to have knowingly lied about his exploits in Iraq. 
But sadly, even in our religious circles, even in our religious circles, there's a lack of truth. All of us can name a famous pastor who lived a lie while attempting to preach the truth. And here's the thing I want you to know. You are more deceived than you think you are. See, the thing is, is that we all think we have a handle on the truth. But truth is not something that we come by rationally or, or truth, real truth, universal truth has to be revealed to us. That is why Jesus came. But today in our society, we are, and it doesn't matter who they are. I mean, Republicans, Democrats, it doesn't matter. Truth does not have the value that it once had. And how can you know the truth? How can you live your lives in such a way that it is in sync with the truth? The prophets lamented in the days of Israel right before Israel went into captivity. Listen to what they said. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Truth has perished. It has vanished from their lips. Truth is nowhere to be found. Can you identify with that? Honestly, when someone says something now on the television, I I almost say, what is your source? Where did you get that from? How can I know that's the truth? But as believers in Jesus Christ, we have the truth. You can base your life upon something that's solid, that is sure, that will never fail you. And it's important for us to know what that truth is. Almost 2,000 years ago, the truth was put on trial and judged by people who were devoted to lies. In the end of that trial, few people involved in those uh, events could even answer the question, what is truth? In a postmodern world that denies that truth can even be known, the question is more important to us than ever. Because the truth to our deepest questions cannot be satisfied with four Pinocchio answers. The questions that have haunted man since the beginning of creation. We need to know. We need to know the real truth. We can't guess on these things. We can't just hope on these things. We've got to know what the truth is. Questions like, why am I here? Why do I exist? Where do I come from? What is the meaning and purpose of life? What is reality? We saw in this video that Pilate asked the question, what is is truth. Do you really know the answer to that question? Pilate walked away. It is my fear that many Christians, while they may not walk away, are either ignorant or apathetic towards the truth and do not understand the eternal consequences of the truth, the depth of the importance of the critical nature of truth. If you base your life on anything but the truth, your life will be in eternity a miserable failure. I don't care how successful the world says you are. 
Because there's a whole eternity coming up. And is your life, is your life based upon the foundation of truth? Now, let me tell you something. If you want to know the truth, you just ask the question. There are plenty of people who will tell you what they think the truth is. I promise you. They are all over the place. You heard the woman up here that's a Unitarian something or the other. In any case, you know, she was talking about Taoism and, and uh, Islam and communism. All these, they're truth for different people. She has a belief, which is very uh, uh, popular today, that truth is relative. Now, let me say something about truth being relative. Truth says that your truth can be true and my truth can be true, even though they're directly opposed to one another. Because, see, the thing is, is if it works for you, it's relative. If it works for you, then it's okay. And I don't want to say that you're wrong, that you don't have the truth. So we're all just going to pretend like we have the truth. It's relative. But the problem is Christianity doesn't allow that. Did you know that? Yet Jesus Christ, listen to his words. These are Jesus' words. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father except by me. He is the only way. But they will tell you that truth is relative. And that leads to... Uh, that belief leads to pluralism, which just basically says that all truth claims are equally valid. Now, I love this interview that was on the Dick Cavett show. It was the Archbishop of Canterbury and the actress Jane Fonda who were being interviewed. And the Archbishop turns to Jane Fonda and says this, Jesus is the Son of God, you know. To which Jane Fonda replied, well, maybe he is for you but he's not for me. To which the archbishop replied, well, either he is or he isn't. You see, truth cannot be contradictory. Truth is either truth or it is not. Anyone who believes in pluralism that says all truth is is equal One philosopher quipped and said this, anyone who believes in that should be beaten and burned until they admit that to be beaten and burned is not the same thing as to not be beaten and burned. (laughs) Truth is relative is what a lot of people will tell you, but also truth is rational. Now this belief, now truth is rational. I would agree with that. That truth is rational. But the problem is people who who hold to that view, they believe that what I can see, what I can rationally conceive, that's truth. Now, one huge problem with that is that as a finite human being with a limited amount of thinking, you cannot truly conceive of all that God is. Would you agree with that? If you could conceive everything that God is, you would be, and you are not. That's right. So here's the thing. Y'all got some good truth going there. But the truth that is rational, people believe that they, if, they can, if they can conceive of it, if they can experiment with it, if they can test it, then it's true. Of course, 600 years ago, we would have believed that the world was. That's right. Based upon everything that we observed, right? In fact, how many of y'all this morning even believe that peptic ulcers are caused by stress? Raise your hand. Nobody? You're afraid to raise your hand, aren't you? Okay, let's do How many of y'all believe peptic ulcers are not caused by stress? Nobody believes that. Great. Now, the fact is doctors for years have been telling people with peptic ulcers, you need to chill out until the 80s. 
when a researcher found that, no, it wasn't stress, but a bacteria that was causing peptic ulcers. And what happened? For years, people have been trying to get the stress levels down, and it really doing no good. They had to take care of the bacteria. By the way, that, belie- uh, that uh, researcher won a Nobel Prize for his discovery. So what do we do? Well, we need to know what truth is. And let me tell you what truth is. Truth is reality. Truth is reality. It's what is really real. Not what someone thinks is real. It's what is really real. So in other words, this pulpit here is really real. It's standing here. It's not, it's not tipping over. It's holding my stuff. It is really real. That seat you're on is really real. You're not falling down on your keister because that is really real. But in the spiritual world, there are truths that are important for us to know. Because if we don't react according to the truth, then we react wrongly. Now, how many of y'all saw that video of uh, Paris Hilton in a plane in uh, United Arab Emirates? Anybody see that? Okay, now, it was just awful, 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 awful. They did a whole thing where they acted like the plane was going to crash that she was in. It was all made up. Never any danger of a crash. But, I mean, she went ballistic. I mean, they even had one guy jump out of the plane with a parachute on and told her, put one on and jump. And I don't want to jump. And she acted crazy. Why, though? She was reacting to what she thought was the truth. But it was a lie. And we are no less crazy when we react to what are really lies, the lies of this world. So what do we need to do? We need to seek the truth passionately. This should be one of the overwhelming desires of your life is to know the truth. Jesus said, you know the truth. The truth shall set you free. You should be seeking to know what is really... Your life, you've got one. You know that, right? One life to live on this earth. Don't you want to live it according to what's really true? Now, the world is going to send you a bunch of stuff, distract you, everything else... But you got one opportunity, one chance to live for the truth. So we need to seek it passionately. Pilate asked the question. Pilate asked the question, what was truth? But he walked away after he asked the question. I wonder if we really, really want to know the truth. Maybe sometimes, maybe sometimes it just seems easier to ignore those truths that are in God's word. Just to kind of live life, go with the flow. But if you do that, you'll miss one of the most important reasons Jesus came to this earth. You know, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come to this earth? Why did he leave the glories of heaven and enter into this earth? To save us? I think I heard someone say to save us. Excellent answer. Anything else? Seek the lost? Yeah, a great answer. To heal the sick? to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to set free the captives. We could say all those things. But when we look at what Jesus said about why he came to this earth in John chapter 18, we're going to look at verses 33 through 38. This was the time when Jesus was being interviewed by Pilate. He had been turned over to Pilate by the Jewish leaders and they wanted him uh, crucified. They wanted him executed. So Pilate's having this interview with him, and it says, Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? 
Jesus answered, are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Why did Jesus come into this world? What were Jesus' words? For this I have been born and for this I have come into the world. To testify, right? To testify to the truth. Jesus, he had to come to this world. Do you understand that? We were lost. We were, we were living a lie. He was the one who knew the truth. He is the one that has been existent throughout all eternity past. And he came so that you, that you could know the truth. That you could live your life based on what is really real. Truth was important to Jesus Christ. Truth was revealed in him. Truth was important to him. Many times in the scriptures, how did he start off? I tell you the truth. And then he would say that phrase. Look at the number of times. Go back one back, if you could. There you go. Look at that. Jesus said, I tell you the truth until heaven and earth. I tell you the truth, it'll be more bearable. Constantly, he's saying, listen, guys, I am telling the truth. Listen to me. To Pilate, he said, I came for this purpose, to testify to the truth. In fact, in the Gospel of John alone, the words, I tell you the truth, over 75 times. Do you think he was trying to get his point across? He says, you have believed this. But let me tell you, if you even look at a woman with adultery, in you, uh, with, uh, with a lustful eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. He came to reveal the truth to us. Not only that, he uses a phrase. I know you, you've heard this one several times. Truly, truly. Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And he would say, truly, truly, a number of times, uh, which is that Greek word, amen. He would say, amen, amen. Except you be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Truly, truly. And in the Gospel of John, he uses that phrase over 25 times. Truth. Truth is a central character of God. You ever wonder why lying is wrong? Is it just because lying is wrong? It's because it is absolutely opposed to who God is. God is truth. And so truth is good. Truth is right. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses. But listen to this. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. So if you want to know the truth, who is it that you should look at? 
Jesus Christ. Right here in the Gospels, in this Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, it is about Jesus Christ. And it's here that it explains it to us. In fact, Jesus said this. He said to, uh, in his prayer to God the Father in John 17, 17, he says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Truth is revealed in Jesus Christ, but truth is also revealed right here in God's word. This is where you can find truth. You will not find it on the commercials. You will not find it on the entertainment shows. You will not find it in sports. You will not find it in politics. But you will certainly, most definitely, find it right here. Do you want to know the truth? Do you want to live your life according to the truth? Then you need to know God's word. This is where you can find truth. Look at Jesus Christ. Look at his word. But the problem is, is that truth, real truth, it's concealed in this world. I mean, come on, every commercial you've ever seen, what does that commercial tell you? It really, it basically says, you will be satisfied, you will be content, you will be happy if you have fill in the blank. In fact, some commercials are even so bold as, you are a loser if you don't have this. I mean, I know you've seen the car commercial about the guy who's driving uh, the car and the lady comes up and his date. And she walks over to this brand new spanking, I don't know, Lexus or something like that. And then he's standing over here with the keys to, I don't know, like a Datsun B210 or something. And, uh, and you just see the look and she looks over him. She, <laughs> and what is the message there? You're a loser if you do not have a Lexus. Now, the fact is, it's not just that commercial, it's every commercial. Everything tries to get you to look for satisfaction outside of God himself. And it's only in God that you can truly be satisfied. Did you know that? You will look for satisfaction everywhere you want. You will not find it until you look for it in Jesus Christ. That is where you'll find true satisfaction. But the, the world conceals that and there causes this cosmic battle. This cosmic battle that goes on between truth and lies. Uh, you know, Jesus, let's get back to Jesus' conversation with Pilate. He says this, for this reason I was born, this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Now listen to this, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Did you catch that? Did you get everyone on the side of truth? Jesus, and that one scripture that just divided the world, everybody into two camps, those of the truth and those of lies. And that sets up this really, or, or explains or displays this cosmic battle of truth versus lies. And it is a regular battle that is ongoing. Now, the source of lies is the world, the flesh, the devil. And Jesus warns about us about this. In John chapter 8, he says this, to the Pharisees who thought, they rationalized, they thought they knew the truth. But listen to what he says to them. You are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. Now he begins to explain the devil, their father. He says, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because, listen, there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? 
If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? See, Satan is the father of lies, and that's his whole goal, is to get you to believe a lie. I mean, it goes all the way back. You remember Genesis chapter 3, don't you? Eve's right there at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he, he comes up there and says, hey, you can't eat any of the fruit of the trees of the garden? Oh, no, we can eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but we can't eat of this one. Because if we eat this one, we're going to die. And what does Satan say? You shall not surely die. And that was a lie. He is the father of lies. And the way he gets you, the way he attempts to get you, is to get you to believe in a lie. And it's so easy because the whole world is going that direction. The whole world is buying into those lies. You are an exception if you live according to the truth. You are part of this battle today. There is no doubt. And it is a battle. Satan wants you to buy the lies. And for all intents and purposes, when you sin, when you sin, when I sin, we have believed a lie. That's what's happened. Look in Romans chapter 7. Paul writes, For sin deceived me. See, it, it is a deception that this is going to be good for you when it's not. Sin deceived me. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. With all the deception of wickedness. See, wickedness is deceptive for those who perish. Many people die in their sins. They go to an eternity separated from Jesus Christ because they believed a lie. Because they have believed a lie. That's how dangerous it is. That it can affect your eternal destiny. Ephesians chapter 4. You, speaking to believers, lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted, the old self, in accordance with what? The lusts of deceit. See, those lusts, those, those things we covet outside of Jesus Christ and knowing him, they are deceitful. And then finally, Hebrews chapter 3, so that none of you will be hardened, hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Maybe some of you know, or maybe even you have been through a time where you turned your back on God. You turned your back on believers. You turned your back on the truth. You were mad at God. You were hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin tells you God doesn't really care. This world would not be, not like, would not be like this if God really cared. And sin flat lies to you. Sin is the one who tells you, you are a loser. The word says you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Sin says, hey, you have every right to be depressed. Sin says you should have, the Bible says you should have joy and hope in Jesus Christ. Do you see the difference and do you see how these lies are so deceitful and how they work? All sin, all of it, is really a matter of believing a lie. But how can so many people believe it? I mean, how can so many people buy into and believe a lie? I mean, would you agree with me that the majority of the world is living according to a lie? Would you, would you agree with that? I mean, if you've been watching the world seem like I have, it seems like most people believe in the lie. And the reason is, well, the reason is not actually this box. 
But the reason is they believe, if I took, let me do this. If I took everything in the world, okay, everything, in the universe, all matter, all energy, and even ourselves, and I put them all in this box, most people would look for the truth simply in this box. That's the only place they'd look. Carl Sagan is an American astronomer, uh, was famous for this saying. He said, the cosmos is all that is or ever was or ever will be. What is he saying? All that's true is in this box right here. It's called naturalism that says the only thing that's really true is what is in this box. The naturalistic worldview says that humans are nothing more than highly evolved social animals. We're mammals, like lions, tigers, and bears. We're mammals. And uh, we happen to be a little bit more highly evolved. And uh, that's why we're, you know, on top of the food chain. But the fact is we're, we're nothing more than mammals. And the, the shaping force in our lives is not God's word, but it's heredity in our environment. And so, if you believe that, if you believe honestly that all truth that, that, that there is is just inside this box, well, tell me, what value are you really? I mean, we kill mammals all the time. I mean, some of y'all are probably going to have a hamburger for lunch. You know what had to happen? One mammal bit the dust so you could have that hamburger. But honestly, if all that there ever was, ever there ever will be, as Carl Sagan says, is in this box, what's the difference between us and a cow? You may have uh, heard this week about Planned Parenthood and the harvesting of organs. How can, how can such a lie be promoted like that? How can we look inside the womb today and still say abortion's okay? Well, really, if all there is is what's in the box, who's to say what's right and wrong? In fact, if everything that's true is inside this box, you know the saying that comes really true is might makes right. The ones with the power will tell you what is right and what is wrong. And so Planned Parenthood can harvest organs and murder children in the womb because this is all they believe that there really is. It's a naturalistic worldview. We don't believe that, thank goodness. (laughs) We believe that there is a God who stands outside us, in fact, who created the box, who is transcendent, which means he is outside the box. All right? He is greater than this. He created the box. You see that? God created all of this. There is a creator. There is a designer. And can I say something? The Bible tells us one of the ways that we know that God exists is because of nature, because of the design of the world around us. How how many lies do you have to believe to think that poof, 
This all just came up by accident. How many lies do you have to believe? Look, you, can, you know you can see me and I can see you. Isn't that incredible? How in the world does an eyeball get developed and evolved? You know, it was the eyeball that, that drove Charles Darwin crazy. Because it's a hard thing to figure out. But there is a God that is outside this box. And this God actually entered into the box. And why did he enter into the box? Oh, come on, guys. Tell me y'all were listening. Why did he enter into the box? To testify to the... Thank you. So our worldview, our belief, is not a naturalistic worldview. Ours is a worldview based upon God's word. It is a biblical worldview that says God created everything. God designed everything. And God himself, through Jesus Christ, entered into this world and revealed truth to us. The problem is, is that not a lot of uh, evangelical Christians actually hold to a biblical worldview. Do you know about those? George Barner did a, uh, a study. And did you know those who call themselves born again, who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who died on the cross for their sins and rose again the third day, and they've committed their life to him? Nine percent have a biblical worldview. Nine percent. And that is, guys, I want you to understand something. That is why our society is in the condition that it's in right now. Why you see all this stuff happening of sex change operations and homosexual marriage and now Planned Parenthood. It's like one after the other is coming. The reason it's happening is because Christians are not living according to a biblical worldview. Lost people, get this guys, lost people, you know what? They always act lost. They always live according to the lies. You're the only one that's different. You're the one that has the truth. But believers have decided not to live according to the truth, to live according to the principles of this world. And what we see is the evidence of that. And if this society is ever going to change, we're the ones that got to change first. And we got to start believing the truth. And that's why Jesus came, to testify to the truth. You know what's in this box, really? Captivity is in this box. Let me tell you, I, I serve at Mission Columbia with Ronnie Bullock and se- several others. And what we see coming there are people who are captive, man. They are in bondage to lies. Whether it be drugs, whether it be prostitution, whatever it is, they are in bondage. And inside this box is captivity. In fact, in Colossians, Paul says to the Colossian Christians, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the traditions of men. Darkness is in this box. Eventually, anarchy is in this box. You don't have to think back very far. Ferguson, Baltimore, anarchy. Some of y'all may remember in 1977 when the lights went out in New York City. Four very strategic lightning strikes and New York lost all power. News news broadcast reported outbreaks of violence, looting, and fires. Areas of Harlem, Brooklyn, and South Bronx experienced the most damage where thousands of people took to the streets, smashed store windows. They're looking for TVs, furniture, clothing. And run report, 50 cars were stolen from one dealership. The police made 3,776 arrests. Although from many accounts... Thousands escaped from being caught. 1,037 fires burned throughout the city. 
New York, New Yorkers wanted answers as to what happened. The electrical loss was easy to explain. The chaos was not so easy. There is only one God, and he is revealed in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the truth. But what is the reaction of mankind to the truth? When they hear the truth? Well, Romans says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. They suppress it. That's why if you're a biologist who believes in intelligent design, you are not welcomed in the universities of America. Y'all have heard about the, uh, the Klein family who were bakers who would not uh, make a cake for a homosexual wedding. They were told they were to keep their mouths shut about their religious beliefs. This is what Franklin Graham said about the whole incident. He said, even more outrageous is that Brad Avakian, he is the uh, Oregon Labor Commissioner, has also now ordered the Kleins to cease and desist from speaking publicly about not wanting to bake cakes for same-sex weddings based on their Christian beliefs. Graham said this is an outright attack on freedom of speech. They will try to suppress the truth. Romans 2 says, But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation, the selfishly ambitious will do anything to say what they want, to get what they want, to get your vote, whatever it takes to get what they want. Romans 1.25 says, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. The Supreme Court in our country has exchanged the truth for a lie. Five people decided that thousands of years of the definition of marriage would be overturned by their say-so. Exchanging the truth of God for a lie. But probably the most rea- dangerous reaction to the lies of this world we see in Second Thessalonians where it says, talking about the Antichrist, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. There's captivity, there's darkness, there's anarchy in this box. But there is escape, praise God. <laughs> there is escape. John fourteen six, which we talked about, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, through surrender to the truth, the one who is the truth, the one who is the way, the one who is the life. By going to him for forgiveness, he'll forgive you. By believing on his death on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb, he'll give to you eternal life, and that is the truth. You want to change our country you want to change our society, you want to change your community, you want to change your family. The second thing you need to do is live the truth radically. Now, this, is, this is not the time. Listen to, me. Listen to me. This is not the time for half-hearted responses to the truth. It is a time for Christians to stand up and live the truth radically. To know what it says, to do what it says, to share what it says. The first thing we have to do is we got to know the truth. That's step one. You got to know it. 
In fact, the scripture tells us to, not, uh, to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to know this. You need to open this Bible up and you need to read it and you need to study it. You need to memorize it. You need to meditate on it. Do you believe that? Then the question is, how many of you have read your Bible this week? Students who've just come back from student camp. Oh man, I always love the passion that you come with. Have a passion for God's word. Have you read through Genesis, through Revelation in your Bible? Have you read the whole Bible? By the time it takes you to complete one video game, you could read through the whole Bible. And the rest of you adults, have you read through the Bible? Do you know the truth? Have you read Genesis through Revelation? Do you spend time in the truth every day? I guarantee you this. You spend time in the lies every day. They are coming at you constantly. And if you don't know the truth, you will be sunk. You'll be lost. You'll roam around aimlessly in this world. Know the truth. But then the second thing you've got to do is you've got to be the truth. You know, I always heard when my daughter was playing basketball and volleyball, be the ball, man. You got to be the ball. I never knew exactly what that meant. But the truth is you need to be the truth. In other words, this should be a description of how you behave. We, uh, Christians always like that phrase, what would Jesus do? That was a big, well, if we're going to go with what would Jesus do, we need to think like Jesus thought. And this is what Jesus told us. He said, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, I just want to say really one thing about this. This being the truth. When you really know the truth and you really believe the truth, that's when you'll be the truth. When you think about what you know, and what you believe. What I want to encourage you to do is not to look at what's up here, but to look at how you behave. I know it would be 100% across the board here that G people here believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. But I promise you this, it would be a minority here that have shared that truth with another person. Even this year, this whole year, you believe it, then you need to act upon it. And which leads us to our final point is to share the truth. In Ephesians, it tells us to share the truth in love. Now, I tell you, today in the society we live in, you, you will be, in fact, maligned by others, but you still share the truth in love. You'll be ridiculed, but you still share the truth in love. You'll be insulted. You'll be attacked verbally, but you continue to share the truth in love. One day, you may be attacked physically. I don't know where we're where we eventually end up, but you'll still share the truth in love. Look at Colossians. It says, conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Your speech, your sharing should be with grace. In 2 Timothy, it says, the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all. Able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness. Do you get this? How he's saying how we should share the truth with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. Why? If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come, look at this, they may come to their senses 
and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Now, I saw a sign, a person calling themselves a Christian that said, God, had a sign that says, God hates homosexuals, only it didn't say homosexuals. That's not the view of Christianity the world needs to see. It, but it, do, it doesn't also, it does not need to see a Christian who is quiet, who never talks about his Savior or her Savior, who just goes along to get along. Let me tell you, it, the time has come. The time is here, folks. The time is here for Christians to stand up and say, there's one way. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the truth. And I'm not talking about slamming people over the head with this. I'm talking about speaking with gentleness so that they may come to the knowledge of the truth. But probably the most haunting question is this. Do you really believe that what you believe is really real. Let me ask that again. Do you really believe that what you believe is really real? Then you need to show it in the way you live, the way you act, the way you share. Some of you here this morning, you honestly don't know where your eternal destiny lies. You've known about Jesus, but your life has never reflected the truth that Jesus is really real in your life. You've come to church, you've even come to Sunday school or life groups maybe. You've hung around the church but you can't think of a time when, as Jesus said, truly, truly, I say unto you, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And you have no recollection of that in your life at all. Here's the most important truth that you will ever hear. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. This morning, this morning, you can know the truth. This morning, the truth can set you free from the bondage of sin, from the fear of eternity without Him. This morning, you can be a child of the truth, a child of God. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer. There's no magic words in this prayer. But if you have never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray it from your heart to God. Don't just say the words. But if you're here this morning and you are lost, you're not sure where you'll spend eternity, then pray this with me, please. Heavenly Father, I admit that I am a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I believe the truth that Jesus died on the cross 
for my sins. And that he rose again the third day. And at this very moment, this morning, I am turning away from all my sins, from the lies that I believed. And I am turning to the truth, Jesus Christ. And I surrender my life to him. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.